Wednesday, January 2nd, 2019. You are listening to the Daily Dose Sports Podcast, and I am your host, Clint Daly, coming to you from the Mile High City here in Denver, Colorado. And we are back again on this Wednesday to discuss the world of sports with a dose of common sense, which, if you haven't noticed, does seem to be desperately needed these days. Happy New Year to you and yours. I hope that you had a safe and happy New Year celebration. I hope that today you are at least able to remember, you know, at least a little bit of the celebration. I'm not saying you're going to remember everything. There might be some sections that are a little bit fuzzy, but I hope you are able to remember some of your New Year's celebration. You had a very happy and safe New Year. Hey, if you'd like to contact the show, let us know how you spent the ringing in of 2019. We would love to hear from you. Hit us up on email, dailydosports at gmail.com, or go find us over on Facebook or Twitter. Both of those handles are at dailydosports, and it doesn't have to be New Year's related. If you've got a question, if you've got a comment, if you've got a suggestion for us here at the Daily Dose, reach out to us. We would love to hear from you. Also, make sure that you swing by tpublic.com where you can find some of the latest and freshest Daily Dose gear over there. We've got sweatshirts, t-shirts, hoodies, a number of items over at tpublic.com. Just go to tpublic.com, search Daily Dose and scroll down until you see our Daily Dose logo. Got a number of things over there. I actually heard from a number of listeners over the holiday break saying that they had ordered, they had received their stuff from tpublic.com, their Daily Dose gear. We do appreciate that so much. Maybe you still need to pick up a couple of holiday presents. Maybe you just have some money to spend. You can head over to tpublic.com and pick up some Daily Dose gear. Hey, today on the show, we do have something a little bit different for you. You know, we've got a busy holiday week again, but never fear because we have some of the best of the Daily Dose for you today. Today, we are flashing way back. We are going back to March of 2015 to check out what was going on in the world of sports at that time. We talked some NFL, we talked some NBA, but the NCAA basketball tournament was getting ready to begin. And so we actually had a few tips for you to keep in mind when you fill out those office brackets. Hey, that March Madness tournament is going to be here before you know it. So you might want to actually listen to this again, see if you can't pick anything up from it. And yes, We do even have a March Madness flavored Daily Dose Top 5 for you here. I know it's just Wednesday, but we do have a Daily Dose Top 5 for you. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this throwback episode of the Daily Dose. Wednesday, March 18, 2015, you are listening to the Daily Dose Sports Podcast. And I am your host, Clint Daly, sports writer from Denver, Colorado, coming to you on an overcast day, expecting some rain here in the Mile High City. Hey, you know, we release a new podcast every single Wednesday, and we bring you just a little bit different of an outlook on sports, going to bring you a little bit different take, going to bring you a little bit of sarcasm, going to bring you some insight that you're not going to get anywhere else. Hey, go out. You can download the podcast. Uh, you can subscribe to it on iTunes. If you're not an iTunes person, you can go to uh, podcastdirectory.com, or you can go to Stitcher or something like that and find it somewhere else. But you can find it on the iTunes store. We do have a page on there. Uh, first off, let's get this out of the way. If you would like to contact me, want to give me any feedback, want to give me anything, you can hit me at Twitter. Uh, Twitter handle is at Daily Dose Sports. You can find me on Facebook. Same thing, Daily Dose Sports. We do have a website. I may, I've told you about this uh, in the last couple of weeks, but we do have a website now. It is dailydosesports.wordpress.com. You can go there. You can find some articles. Uh, and again, they're going to be just a little bit different than you've had anywhere else. Gotta, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about some of the articles that are going on there and some of the feedback that I'm getting. Because uh, the, the feedback has been very good, but I did have a couple people that they weren't very happy with some of the things I said about their favorite teams. Today on the Daily Dose, I'm going to give you some tips on filling out the NCAA bracket. 
Let's be real honest. Uh, this is the biggest time of the year. We're going to talk about it, uh, you know, at length, but this is the biggest time of the year at the office pool bracket. You got to get that bracket filled out. And, and you know, you want to represent. Of course, we all want the money. We want the money that, that you might win, but you want to represent. You want to look good. Got some NFL stuff we want to get to. Talk a little bit of NBA. There's some interesting things going on in the NBA I want to hit on. And of course, a very popular segment here on the podcast, the Daily Dose Top Five. Stick around. You do not want to miss the Daily Dose Top 5 today. Hey, happy belated St. Patrick's Day to everyone. I hope you didn't wake up, uh, you know, this morning looking like Courtney Love in a puddle of your own sick. I hope you're feeling good today. I hope you don't have uh, any green stains on any of the clothes. And I hope that you're not wearing the same clothes that you wore yesterday to work because that's never, ever, ever a good sign. You know, a lot of people ask me, you going out, you going out for, for St. Patrick's Day? I, I'm not doing that. I'm not going out doing the green beard. They're like, you know, you're Irish daily. How are you not going out? No, you stay home. You stay quiet. Uh, you, you know, you, you get the corned beef going and, and you have the Guinness, but th- th- that's as far as it goes. You don't, you don't get crazy. Like I said, March Madness this week. Do you realize that 40 million Americans will fill out March Madness brackets? 40 million. And they will bet. Over $2 billion. Bet $2 billion. And, and like I said, the most important thing right now is filling out that office pool bracket. It seems like in every office pool that I've ever been in and, and working in a number of different jobs and whether it was in coaching or whether it was in, you know, in the, you know, corporate America, it seems like there's kind of these, these five standard people that are like in, in every single bracket that I was in. And I don't know how it works out that way, but it seems like it does. Take a look at your office bracket pool and you're going to see these people. You're going to see these people. The first person you're going to see is the, is the person that hopefully you draw in the first round or hopefully you're up against if you do one of the head to head brackets. You know, there's a lot of different, different ways. There's a lot of different pools you can do. You can do head to head brackets and you, and you go through round by round and, and you play off someone. You can do the points per round. And then at the end, we total up all the points. That's, that's the most common. And then there is one where you actually, uh, you buy a certain team and it's, it's, it's kind of that auction thing where the price goes up and hey, I really, really want Kentucky. And, and so I bid and, and however your team does is, is how you do. Uh, there's a few different kind of brackets, but the, the person that you hope to draw in the first round, if you do the head to head one, that person that just forgets to fill their bracket out. And it seems like it happens every single year. They just, oh yeah, I don't know. I got real busy and I forgot to fill it out. Uh, yeah, that's great. Okay. I'll, I'll take that one. But every year you have someone and they put in, they chip in the 20 bucks. It's not like they didn't pay. They chip in the 20 bucks and then they completely forget to fill out their bracket. Uh, the, the number two person, another, another favorite for me that I always enjoy seeing in the bracket challenges is the Homer. That just picks their team. So they're the big, you know, Duke fan. And so they just pick, even when Duke is, isn't great, they just pick Duke's winning the whole thing. Oh, great. Um, you know, and, and the years that, that, that team, that their favorite team is good, they're pretty solid. Any other year, they don't do that well. And a lot of times their, their championship team is out in the first round. Uh, you got the trash talker. You always have the person that I don't even know if they know exactly what they're doing, but they're going to come over. They're going to stand at your cube and they're going to tell you, Oh yeah, well, I took so and so. And yeah, I did this. And yeah, I'm probably going to beat you on this and just, just run in their mouth. You do have the expert. You have the expert that is, that is breaking down stats. They got the RPI. They got strength of schedule. They're, they're looking at this many rebounds and this many free throws per game. You have those experts that are out there. One uh, word to the wise, the expert usually loses. Let me just throw that out there. The expert usually loses. 
the pool. That, that's just how it is. The person that's breaking it down, and, and and we'll get into this a little bit more later in the show, but the expert usually loses. And then last, you have the person that knows nothing. They have no idea even who's in it. They don't know anything about the teams. They they just kind of, you know, maybe they get their kid to fill it out or whatever they do. That's who's going to win it, just so you know. Uh, you know, everyone's hoping to win their office pool. And and we will get you ready. We'll give you a crash course in filling out your office pool. It's very, very simple stuff. I'm not going to go all stats and numerology or anything like that on you. I'll give you some very, very simple tips that will help you fill out your pool. Got to get that thing filled out. Uh, you know, really, by tonight, you need to have that thing filled out. You know, we really get rolling. I know they have that first play-in game that we had last night, BYU Ole Miss, uh, Hampton, and Manhattan played in last night, and then you have another round of those tonight. I know. It, it's the playing game. Let's let's be real clear about what those are. Uh, but we'll get you ready, get that going. Hey, a few things coming out in the uh, in the world of sports. Uh, first off, uh, President Obama filled out his bracket on ESPN today. He filled that bracket out, uh, and a big shock, he picked Kentucky. We're going to talk a little bit about picking Kentucky. Should you pick Kentucky? Is that the way to go? And a couple different thoughts on that. Maybe some things that that you want to stay tuned for. Jim Beheim, Syracuse men's basketball coach Jim Beheim, says he will retire in three years. And the athletic director back there, Daryl Gross, has resigned to take another position in the school. Uh, this all coming after those harsh NCAA sanctions came down. And we talked a little bit about Syracuse and what was going on back there uh, last week. There was some academic fraud. There was some uh, drug testing issues. There there were a number of things going on, and, and the NCAA kind of cited uh, lack of institutional control. Bayheim says he's going to go three more years. I am interested to see. I know the NCAA talked about they were going to uh, take some of his wins away. I'm interested to see if they hold on to that. Remember they did that with Joe Paterno, and then they uh, just recently have reinstated those wins. I'm interested to see what they do there. You know who has to be the angriest man in the NFL this year? It has to be Rex Ryan. It has got to be Rex Ryan. Up at Buffalo now, for one, he's going to be angry just because he lives in Buffalo. And living in Buffalo, I would think with all the snow and, and, and the guys driving around in their IROC Zs and their shirts unbuttoned and the gold medallions and the aqua velvet that they're splashing on, I would think that alone would make you angry, just living in Buffalo. But Rex Ryan has to just be angry because when you look at what the New York Jets have done this offseason, when, I mean, they go sign Rivas, they make the trade for Brandon Marshall, they sign, uh, uh you know, a, a few different players, they, they go get Marcus Gilchrist, the safety, and, and Rex has got to be sitting there going, where were all these players when I was there? You guys didn't give me anything. You gave me nothing. You gave me Geno Smith. I don't, I, I don't understand. You guys don't give me any players, and then you're going to complain about the job I do. And, and and He has got to just be sitting there going, what on earth is going on? Where was all this help a year ago? It's going to be really, really interesting to see that rivalry between the Bills and the Jets because Rex Ryan, again, he he literally, he has to be so angry with that team and the way that's gone. They didn't give him any help. They sure didn't go out and, and, and make deals and, and bring in one of the top players, you know, in Revis in the NFL. They didn't do that for him at all. They were like, Hey, uh, good luck. Rex Ryan, I, I want to see how he approaches that, that rivalry with the Jets. I think that's going to get a little bit more heated as this goes on. Did you watch the Christian, the Christian Leitner special on ESPN? The I hate Christian Leitner. I was watching it. 
Really, really interesting. I, 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 you know, I love stuff like that anyways, but uh, Christian Leitner, he was one of the 10 greatest college basketball players in history. When you look at what he accomplished, I mean, two championships, four straight final fours, the big shots, the, the things that he did. And yes, we hated, I'll be blatantly honest. I hated Christian Leitner. I won't even lie about that. I couldn't stand him. He was a punk. He was a pretty boy, but dude could play. Really, really good special. If you haven't seen it, check it out on ESPN. They're re-showing it all the time. I hate Christian Leitner. Really, really good. And you know, the thing about it that struck me is we're never going to have that again. We're never going to have a player like that again that does the things that Leitner did. Because we don't even know these players. We don't hate these teams. You know, it used to be that you hated certain teams. You hated Duke, of course. Leitner, Hurley, Wojo, Cherokee, Parks. You hated those guys. You may have hated the Fab Five. You may have hated UNLV. You may have hated, uh, you know, the, the UCLA run with Alcindor and Walton. And you may have hated. We don't even know these teams anymore. We have no idea. Do you hate Kentucky? I, I, I don't really even know. Uh, Collie Stein and, and the Towns kid and, and the Harrison twins. I, I, I don't hate them. They, they seem like decent enough kids. I, I, I don't know. I don't know them. They haven't been around that long. They've only been around a year or two. It will never happen again like what we had with Christian Leitner, where we saw him for four straight years, and he was great all four of those years. We don't have that anymore because we don't know these kids. They're in and they're out. Speaking of things, Adam Silver, you may want to step up and do something about. Why don't you improve your product in the NBA by making kids stay a little longer and improve the college product as well? Again, not that difficult. If you want to jump right out of high school, go ahead. But if you decide to stay, then you're staying. And you got to stay three, four years. It's not that hard. Hey, let's get to what you're listening to this for. I know there's a, there's a number of people. I hear from a number of people on Twitter. I hear from some people in person. I hear from some people on the website. And they said, hey, uh, I need help filling out my bracket. I'm, I'm, I'm not a sports junkie. I, 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 you know, I'm entertained by it. I kind of keep an eye on it. But maybe this is the first year I filled out a bracket. I'm not a bracket person. I don't know how to fill out my bracket to, you know, and, and be effective. I'm going to give you some bracket tips. I'm going to give you a, a few different thoughts to keep in mind when you're filling out your bracket. And I know because at this time of season, we get people that they have no interest in sports whatsoever. They might not even watch sports. They don't even care. Here's just a couple really, really easy tips. And, and no, I'm not even being sarcastic. Some really easy tips to keep in mind when you're filling out your bracket. And I'm not going to tell you who to pick. I'm not going to say, now what you want to do is you want to make sure you pick this team, and I'm not doing that. I just want to give you some thoughts on how to make your picks. I'm going to give you a couple rules to keep in mind when you make your picks. A couple rules you should always kind of abide by, and they're really, really simplistic. They're really, really easy. When you're making your picks, here's a couple rules that I want you to keep in mind because you got to get that bracket filled out. Get it filled out tonight. Have it ready. The playing games that that are last night and tonight, those don't matter anyways. Get your bracket filled out tonight. Have it ready to roll. You want to you want to win some money. You want to at least be able to talk some trash among some people, you know, in your office. Here's a couple rules to keep in mind. Number 1, and this is the ultimate rule. When you're filling out your bracket, if you aren't sure on any of these other rules and you get to rule number 3 and you're like, "Oh, I'm not sure." Go back to number 1. If all else fails, go back to rule number 1. Rule number 1 when you fill out your bracket do your picks in about five minutes or less. 
the more you study, the more you're breaking down stats, and the more you're getting into this, the less good results you're going to have. Your first instinct is probably your best instinct. It's human psychology. Go down the list. I'm picking this, 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 this. Okay, five minutes. Yeah, I'm done. If you're sitting there and you're agonizing over your 5-12 matchup, you're probably not doing real well. You're taking way too long. First instinct is best. If all else fails, fill out your, your bracket in less than five minutes. Number two, don't just go off the records because the records can be really, really misleading. And so I, I look at this team and I, I'm like, hey, well, they're, they're, uh, you know, 26 and two. And I look over here and well, they're, you know, 18 and six. And, and so it gets kind of confusing. Don't always go off the seed and don't always go off the record. I mean, pick who you think is going to win. You know, I, I know, I know one person who actually bizarrely does really well in their, in their office pools. And you know what they do? They go back to the rankings at the at the very beginning of the season, all the preseason rankings when the people are pouring over the records and pouring over what team's going to be what, and they just go by that preseason ranking, and they say, okay, whoever is ranked higher in the preseason ranking, that's who I'm going to pick in my pool. And and they've had some success doing it. I, I, I'm not doing it, but I, I do know someone that's done that, and they've had some success. Don't just go off the record. Conferences are different. Schedules are different. You can't just go off of, well, they've only lost two games because you're going to have, you know, some of these, these lower ranked seeds and they've only lost, you know, two, three games all year. It, it doesn't matter. If they haven't played anybody, it's going to be a little bit tougher. Number three, pick some upsets. It's not going to be all number one seeds. In fact, all number one seeds have only made it to the final four once in all the years of, of, of doing the NCAA tournament, all four number one seeds have only made it one time. So I don't, I can't just go through and say, okay, higher seed wins every time. One over this, two over this, three over this. Okay. And then one over two. And it, it doesn't work that way. Pick some upsets. It's okay. Throw in a few upsets. Your odds. I'm just going to throw this out there. Your odds on your final four, the, the most common seed that gets to the final four is if you pick two ones, a two, and a three. Mathematically, that's what gets there the most often. So you can't just always go with the top seed. It, it doesn't always work. Number four on our list. This is a little bit weird, but it, you know, there's a few different ways you can, you can pick. You know, you go through and you make your picks and you're like, okay, this one I, I'm sure about and this one I feel really good about. And then, but you always have those few picks in the bracket. You always have, you know, that 8-9 or that 7-10 that you're just looking at it and you're like, I'm not sure who to pick on this one. I'm not sure. There's a couple different ways you can do this. There's a couple different ways you can do this. You can go uh, flip of the coin. Sometimes I'm, I'm going to give you some stats in a minute and flip the coin. Uh, you can go rock, paper, scissors. You can go a couple different things. Uh, you can go mascots. You can say this mascot would beat up this mascot. This mascot would eat this mascot, whatever. Um, you know, there's a couple different things, but here's one thing to cut in mind and, and our rule, uh, uh, on bracket tips. Number four on the rule, uh, blue wins the most followed by red and next is green. So if you have a blue team going against a green team, blue usually wins. If nothing else, you could just go on, on the school's colors. And yes, it's a little bit subjective because a ton of teams have blue in their color scheme. And if there's multiple colors in the scheme, it gets a little bit shaky, but Blue wins the most in this tournament. Then red, and then green. Just throwing that out there for whatever it's worth. And and then last on the list, 
and this is one thing to keep in mind. This is a big one to keep in mind. You don't win brackets on the first two days. You win an office pool bracket challenge on Championship Monday. So if you're sitting there and you're saying, hey, the first two days, I did really well. Out of the 32 games or whatever, I was like, I was like 29 to 32. I had, okay, it's not over yet. You've got to see who gets to championship Monday. And if you're looking at it and you say, I didn't do very well. I only, I only got like, you know, 19, 20 games right. It doesn't matter because it's who's going to get to the final four, who's going to get to the championship game and who's going to win that championship game that is going to determine who you win. Because usually in most office pools, it's weighted per round and the one who wins the last game is who's going to win it all. Don't get too high. Don't get too low if you're in those early rounds and you're saying, oh, I'm really doing great. Oh, I'm really doing bad. Nope. It's all about getting your championship pick right. You know, the tournament committee, and, and there was a little bit of talk when the, when the tournament, uh, you know, the selections were, were first brought out. The tournament committee has that thankless job. It's a tough job. Uh, you have 68 teams. You can't ever get it right. Nobody is ever happy. But here's the thing. That I keep coming back to. If you play in even a mid-major, and, and I know the, the big teams, you know, the, the, the majors, if you play in a major or whatever, if you play in even a mid-major though, and you can't make it out of 68 teams, I don't feel bad for you. Uh, locally here, Colorado State did not get in. I know there was a lot of people saying, well, Colorado State did all they could. Well, they didn't do all they could because they could have won their conference tournament. And they could have done some things to guarantee their way in. They play big enough name teams that would have generated, but you have to beat those teams. You can't just play them. You have to beat them. And so I don't necessarily feel bad. I feel bad for a team like Murray State because they don't get very many opportunities. Nobody wants to play Murray State. The best case scenario is we win a game we were supposed to win. I feel bad more for those lower-level teams than I do uh, any of the mid-majors or, or the major schools. Because if you can't make it out of 68, this isn't the football playoffs. If you can't make it out of, out of 68 teams, I don't feel bad for you. You know, I do think the committee tries to get a little too cute, trying to pair up, making Wichita State a 7 so we can guarantee they're going to play Kansas if they both win their first-round games. Just just put Wichita State where they belong. They're not a 7. They went 28-4. and four. Really, a 7? You can't tell me that the committee doesn't look at the team name on the bar when they make these selections because there is no way that UCLA, Texas, Indiana, they have no business being in there. Playing good competition but losing to all of them doesn't mean that you should get in. Yes, you played good competition. You played in very, very, I mean, Pac-12, Big Ten, Big 12. Yes, you played great competition. But you lost to all the great competition. I saw UCLA struggle to hit double digits against Kentucky. You shouldn't get rewarded. Well, we played Kentucky. So what? You got, to say that you got beat doesn't do it justice. What was it? 48 to 9 or something at halftime? It was horrible. Those teams shouldn't get in. But I know that the committee looks at it and says, well, UCLA is a draw though. We're going to put them in because they're a bigger draw than Murray State and Colorado State. Uh, the the committee, I, I will say this, the committee has tried to do its best to make sure that Duke gets as far as they possibly can. When I look at that bracket that Duke is in, the two is the is, is Gonzaga. I, I just feel like they, we would really, really like to see Duke in the Final Four. And preferably, we'd like to see him against Kentucky. Uh, the committee, I feel like they, they did their best to try to get them over there. Um, they, they want Duke getting through. That would be good for ratings, and I feel like they, they really did uh, kind of try to do their best to get them over there. 
I'm going to give you a couple teams to watch, and I'm not picking these teams necessarily to win. I'm just going to give you a couple of teams that you should keep an eye on during March Madness. They might be a little bit interesting. Might be teams that you don't know. They might not be on your radar, but I'm going to give you a few teams that you might want to keep an eye on. First team I'm going to give you, Eastern Washington. Eastern Washington shoots nearly 40% from three-point range. They hit 335 three-pointers this year. That will keep a, a coach up. I know that, you know, you, you look at Eastern Washington and you say, okay, you, you know, you have a, a tough draw and, and you've got Georgetown, although we know what Georgetown has done in the first round the last few years. Don't sleep on Eastern Washington because even if they just get hot for 30 minutes, it might be enough to knock a team off. Eastern Washington can shoot it. Uh, next team on the list, UC Irvine. And I know the Anteaters aren't, aren't great. They're okay. Uh, but UC Irvine, for one thing, can you go wrong with a team named the Anteaters? I mean, UC Irvine, gotta at least take a look at them. But the thing that's going to be interesting about UC Irvine, and they're the 13 facing up against Louisville. Louisville can't shoot it, just a side note. UC Irvine has the biggest kid in March Madness. His name, I believe, is Mom, Mamadou Nade or something, and he's seven foot six. Now, I don't know if he can play that well or not. I saw some highlights of him. Seven foot six is going to change some shots inside. For a team like Louisville that doesn't shoot very well from outside, you want to slash and you want to get to the basket and you want to get some foul, you're going against a seven six guy. Good luck. Biggest player in the tournament, UC Irvine. Another team I, I would say to watch, Northeastern. Northeastern is going to, uh, you know, face up with that team that I, that I already talked earlier about. Notre Dame, who doesn't typically do that well in the tournament. Northeastern is another team that can flat out shoot it. But they're a little bit different because they're a little bit more selective about when they shoot it. They only hit 200 threes on the season, but they only shot 500 threes on the season. They are deadly. When they shoot the three, they hit the three. And we know how Notre Dame has done in the past. They don't really play any defense. It's all about the offense at Notre Dame and Mike Bray. Keep an eye on Northeastern because if they get some open looks, they're going to knock them down. Could be a little bit of a scary team. Uh, the Buffalo Bulls are a little bit of a scary team. Uh, if you are the five um, West Virginia facing Buffalo, if you don't know and you've probably heard about it, Bobby Hurley, former Duke player, is the head coach at Buffalo. Now, what you might not know about Bobby Hurley is, is, is he is the son of Bob Hurley, longtime high school coach back at St. Anthony's in Jersey City. You know, you, you see Bobby Hurley, you might have saw him on the on the the I hate Christian Leitner thing. Bobby Hurley is a tough kid. He played in the inner city schools, uh, Jersey City, uh, New Jersey, and and a tough tough kid. Bob Hurley, uh, his dad is a tough tough coach. Uh, if you don't know the story about St. Anthony, we may have to talk about that at some point because Bob Hurley is a tough dude. Um, keep this in mind, though. Buffalo led at the half versus Kentucky earlier this year. They are very, very efficient. They can shoot a little bit. Buffalo Bulls could be interesting, and Bobby Hurley has done a great job in just, I believe, his second year up there at Buffalo. Another team I want, want you to keep an eye on, Stephen F. Austin. Stephen F. Austin might be a little bit better than they were last year. Last year, they were a 12 seed. They knocked off the 5 VCU. This year, they're a 12 seed, and they face the 5 in Utah. Stephen F. Austin can play a little bit. They might be a little bit better than last year. going to give you a team that's a little bit more local 
for us here that I, I, I do like. Wyoming. The Wyoming Cowboys, they've got some Colorado guys on that squad, and, and you kind of got to root for, for Wyoming. We kind of cheer for them because uh, there's actually nothing else here to cheer for college basketball-wise. Uh, but I'm going to give you a couple names. Uh, Riley Graybell is a kid that uh, went to Boulder High School. He's a Colorado kid, clutch shooter, excellent free throw shooter, playing really, really well for Wyoming. Another kid, though, that I'm going to give you is Josh Adams. And Josh Adams is a kid that went to Chaparral High School, uh, coached against Josh a little bit. Um, this kid, I'm telling you, Josh Adams is one of the most athletic kids you are going to see. This kid is an athlete. He is absolutely no joke. But here's the catch. He's a white kid. And he can jump out of the gym. He is going to be the one of the most athletic kids you will see in the tournament. Keep an eye on Josh Adams. Kid is a leaper. I don't care what you are. He can jump out of the gym. Uh, Wyoming also has Larry Nance Jr. You might remember dad, Larry Nance, the uh, short shorts, the high socks. How could you forget Larry Nance? The wristbands. Oh, yeah. He's got the kid. Larry Nance Jr. also plays for Wyoming. Wyoming, very, very tough. Pretty efficient team. Long possessions. Good defense. Here's the bad news for Wyoming. Another team that I like is the team that they're going to face in the first round, Northern Iowa. And Northern Iowa plays tremendous defense. Um, and you know what? This will probably be a close game. I would imagine Wyoming keeps it very, very close because both these teams kind of play the same way. I don't like the draw for Wyoming. Uh, they play defense, long possessions, um, and you're going to slow the slow the game down just a little bit and and speed that clock up just a little bit. You might remember the success that Northern Iowa had a few years back under Ben Jacobson. Keep an eye on this center, Seth Tuttle, for Northern Iowa. Can do it all. Is a great passer, can step outside and shoot it, can go down in the post. Northern Iowa is going to be fun to beat. I think that's a bad draw for Wyoming, and I think Northern Iowa probably beats them. And the last team, we talked about them just a little bit earlier. Keep an eye on the Wichita State Shockers. They still have Ron Baker. They still have Fred Van Fleet. This team went to the Final Four just two years ago. But the thing about Wichita State that's throwing everyone off is they lost a couple games earlier this season. They are very, very dangerous. Would not shock me a bit to see Wichita State make a deep run. And, and I know, uh, you know, they're over on that side with Kentucky, but they could get down to where they would see Kentucky maybe in what, eight? Um, keep an eye on the Wichita State Shockers. That is a, that is a very, very good program and a very dangerous team. As we do every week, a very popular segment, we have our daily dose top five. And this week, having a March Madness flavor, uh, wanted to talk a little bit. I told you earlier that the 16 seed has never be a one seed. In fact, the record for 16s versus ones is zero and 120. Zero and 120. But that doesn't mean it hasn't been close. Today, we are going to talk about the top five times a 16 almost beat a one. First on our list at number five, 1985, Michigan versus Farley Dickinson. Michigan 59, Farley Dickinson 55. And, and when you look back at this Michigan team, that team was loaded. They had Gary Grant. They had Roy Tarpley. They had Antoine Jobert. Do you remember Antoine? Ooh, that Jerry Curl. But the Knights actually led, the Farley Dickinson Knights actually led this game 26 to 20 at the half. They shot 50% for the game. Farley Dickinson was tough. 
but uh, you know Michigan rallies to win and, and pulls it out just by four at the very end. They ended up losing the next round to that number eight seed. Number eight seed, by the way, Villanova went on to win it all that year in 1985. Michigan escapes Farley Dickinson, number five on our list. Number four on the list, going to stay uh, up in that same area. Michigan State, 1990. Michigan State has to go to overtime to beat the number 16 Murray State Racers. 75-71 in overtime. Michigan State Spartans were 26-6. and You might remember this team. Steve Smith, uh, Kirk Manns. But Murray State had a kid by the name of Popeye Jones. Do you remember Popeye Jones? Popeye Jones from Murray State has 37 points. They took it into overtime, but Sparty escapes with the win. 16, nearly beat a one. Our number three on our list, 1996. Purdue Boilermakers, 73. Western Carolina, 71. And Purdue, again, if, am I picking on the Big Ten here? Purdue was 26 and 5 in the Big Ten in 1996. Western Carolina had barely gotten into the tournament. They were 15 and 12. And a kid for Western Carolina by the name of Anquel McCollum had 21. But Western Carolina missed a shot to win it at the buzzer. And, uh, and they go down 73 to 71. But what you might not know, and Purdue, by the way, in their next game, lost their next game to Georgia. You might not know this. Western Carolina in this game had an assistant on its coaching staff by the name of Thad Mata, who is now the coach at Ohio State. Almost pulled off the 16 over a 1. Number 2 on our list. 16s that nearly beat a 1. 1989. Oklahoma 72. Eastern Tennessee State 71. Oklahoma trailed by as many as 17 points in the first half. But there were a couple of Sooners that didn't want to go out that way. You might remember them. Mookie Blaylock and Stacy King led a comeback. Blaylock hits a shot with 17 seconds left. And Eastern Tennessee State missed a shot at the buzzer that would have won it. Oklahoma escapes as a one getting over a 16. Our number one game on our list. And I remember this game, actually. I know. Showing my age just a little bit. But I do remember this game. 1989, same year. We had, we had it happen twice in 89. Had it happen twice. Georgetown 50, Princeton 49. Uh, Georgetown th- this season was, was pretty loaded. This was a pretty good Georgetown Hoyt squad. In fact, Dick Vitale had said, if Princeton beats them, I'll put on a Princeton cheerleader skirt outfit the whole thing. And he almost had to do it. Georgetown had Alonzo Mourning, Charles Smith, Mark Tillman, Pretty good team. Uh, but Princeton, you know, they were running that peak real offense, slow, efficient, spacing, ball movement, and above all, the back door cut. Princeton actually led 29 to 21 at halftime. Uh, late, late in the game, Alonzo Mourning hit a free throw to give them the lead, then blocked the shot at the other end. Princeton had a shot at the buzzer, hit the back of the rim and out, and Georgetown survived as a one beating a 16. There is our top five times. A 16 seed almost beat a one. It's going to happen. It's going to happen someday. I I don't know if it's going to be this year. I don't know if it's going to be this year, but it is going to happen someday. You're going to see a 16 beat a one. Could it happen this year? I don't know. I don't know, but it will happen. It's just a matter of time. 
Hey, we do have a little bit of a different week for you, but I think you are going to still enjoy it. Thanks so much for listening to The Daily Dose on your Wednesday. For all of you out there that share the show, thank you so much. We do appreciate that so much. And remember, if you're not subscribed to The Daily Dose, wherever it is you listen, please make sure you click that little follow or subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode. I have to say thank you to JSP. Could not do any of this without you. I will see you all tomorrow. Have a wonderful Wednesday.